Welcome to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. Uh, we're back. Episode 90. 90 episodes, man. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you've been here from the very beginning, we've offered you 90 episodes of content for free. Where's our money? <laughs> <laughs> man, hit my cash app. Yeah, man. I'm going to give you the, uh, you know. The truckers. Yeah. I'll sign the truckers mind. Give you the name to my cash app. You know, <laughs> if you feel in that holiday spirit, just go ahead and drop <laughs> something in there. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, This topic is brought along just based on the fact that I think this is relatable to everyone. And that's giving people the same energy that they give you and not feeling bad about it. Um, There are some times where you could do something a hundred times for someone. And the one time you say no, they like, oh, man, they tripping. Oh, man, they on some new shit or all they doing this and that. When in actuality, you put yourself in a position now where you've done something for someone and you're not really sure if they would reciprocate that same thing. Yeah. So you got to make sure you give people the same energy that they give you. Stop going above and beyond and overextending yourself when in actuality, you're you probably would not get those same benefits had it been the other way around. Mm-hmm. And let me say this once again. Don't feel bad for giving people the same energy that they would give you. Mm-hmm. You have to stand on that at some point. I, I got a neighbor um, and I've helped. I helped him a few times do something right. And uh, the one time that I said no, he was like, oh, all right. Motherfucker ain't talked to me in three years. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> no bullshit. I remember one time I, he needed help. He said, I, I'm trying to look for my wife, man. I, I think she's not in really in great spirits or something's not right. So I took him to some spot to help him look for his wife one day. And I was like, I should have never even helped this guy. This is weird. <clears throat> his wife is probably somewhere sucking dick and I can't help him out. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, he did to... Take him to see it in person. No, no, no. He said, uh, take him to, I guess, to the post office or somewhere, oh, whatever. Okay. He's supposed to meet her or whatever. And I was like, all right, man, no problem. But I'm thinking, what I'm thinking the whole time is like, dude, your wife's fucking somebody. Dude. <laughs> Just let her get her nut. And then when she comes back, you guys could deal with this shit. <laughs> but <laughs> to make a long story short, the motherfucker hasn't spoken to me because I said no one time. Yeah. Crazy. That's how you got to approach these situations. Um, you know, for me, I, I've experienced uh, similar situations where, you know, even even when it comes to like romantic partners, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could uh, or even if it's like a friend with friend with benefits situation. Right. You know what I mean? Y'all have a an understanding that basically y'all just like smashing each other. And that's pretty much it. Right. Um, and then it all the sudden starts to turn where like she only hits you up when it's convenient for her. Right. And you just like, well, you know, at a certain point. The power is going to shift. The power dynamic is always going to shift because right. that's just how relationships work. So when that time comes around, you got to be man enough or woman enough or whatever to say no to these things. True. Um, I was watching this video on Twitter. It was just a quick video, but it said so much. I think a person was working or something and they were um, standing behind this big like delivery truck. And uh, there were people, there was a couple arguing across the street and, um, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't no, you know, loud argument, no physical altercation, but that was a, a female and a male. And then the, the, the male was just trying to explain to her. He was trying to um, get out of this situation. 
and then there was this female where you could see she was like very emotional and she was trying to like hug him and kiss him all on the neck and mm-hmm. everything and he was like doing the best that he could to like prevent her from you know having some sort of like physical contact right. outside of a hug right so um you know i don't know where that originated from or what the argument was about or whatever but just that seeing that video spoke volumes and that's the same sort of energy um you know we, our, our audience members and ourselves needs to keep up yeah definitely and it could even be work don't get caught up going above and beyond for a company that would not do it for you yeah i don't care how hard of a worker you are you can be a hard worker but you also need to have some sense you need to realize that if you're overextending yourself for something or someone that would not reciprocate those things for you that you're in, in turn you're only inconveniencing yourself because that energy could be used elsewhere yeah you could start by opening your own business or putting that energy into something else like we talk about if you're not if you don't really care about your job and you know you're not going to be there forever, don't go above and beyond. Do your fucking job. Yeah. Do your job and do it at a high level, but do not go above and beyond for someone when you know there are zero benefits in it for you. Yeah. I think people start to get too used to the benefits and they don't give a fuck about the person doing it. Mm-hmm. And you do not ever want to be in a position where you're the person that is not appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. It, that's not good. And, and like Keith mentioned, even in a relationship, like if, even if it's just a friends with benefits thing, I remember uh, there was a situation where um, me and a young lady were having a conversation. We had got through having sex and stuff and having fun. And <laughs> she just gets on top of me and she's just kissing me and stuff. And I just felt really uncomfortable because I at that point, I felt like, I mean, if I if I follow through with this, I feel like I'm leading this woman on. So I was just like, you know, I just kind of laid back a little bit and I was like, hey, let's just chill. She was like, you're just weird. You're weird. Like, you're really weird. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you're calling me weird because I don't want to reciprocate the energy that you're putting out. When in actuality, I've been giving you the energy that I want to give you. You can't force that on me. And just to kind of a little annotate this idea of being weird. Right. What happens when um, people call you weird or whatever? Obviously, there's this like negative stereotype that's used in the hood. I mean, not stereotype, but negative uh, connotation to the word that's used in the hood. Like, yeah. if a, if a if a dude is moving weird, or if, you know, he he he, you know, in like gang culture, weird is just like a disrespectful term, right? Um, but in the sense of just like these casual conversations, it usually comes about when you're not acting. Um, in line with the norm or how most other dudes do, right? The way they want you to act. Exactly. Yeah, they want you to be this, uh, fit inside this box. So when you're not doing exactly what they want you, want you to do, then they ca- they call you weird. So that's just kind of... Yeah. Ladies, you need to understand something. It just, This is men and women, but ladies, you need to understand that just because you like someone or vice versa, that that's not always a reality. Yeah. Like if I don't see something long term, if I don't see values, if I don't have a like a uh, a really good energy and vibe about a woman then I'm not going to play with her like that. I'm not going to act like, oh, you know, I like her or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even see a point of having a girlfriend if I can't take it to the next level. Yeah. It's no point. There's no point. I've been on a, a many, many, many dates, went and hung out with different chicks and I just didn't feel anything. You got to make sure you feel something. It's not that I don't feel like I have the problem. I feel like that I'm selective in the fact that I don't care how she looks. If I don't feel anything, I don't feel anything. Yeah. What I've learned in my 34 years of life is that some people make you feel everything and some people make you feel nothing. Yeah. And you have to be conscious of those vibes. 
if you're not and you just follow through with a chick that makes you feel nothing, you're going to waste 11 months, two years, five years of your life with somebody you feel nothing for. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, man, it happens a lot, you know, especially in um, in our field. You know, I uh, I think I told this story before about the time where, you know, you know, for me, I, you know, make short films and do, right. you know, a little stuff here and there. And when it comes to like independent filmmakers or up and coming filmmakers, a lot of what we do is relying upon people helping you and, right. you, know, you know, giving you their valuable time. So um, there was an opportunity for me where we were like, hey, you know, let's do this bartering thing where uh, we needed basically we needed a white girl in our film. So I asked the girl, I was like, hey, would you like to be in our film? She was like, that's great because I'm also shooting a film. Mm, so, what do you need, a regular white girl or a thick white girl? <laughs> <laughs> I needed a white girl. So <laughs> she was thick, skinny, flat ass, thick ass, whatever. I just needed one. <laughs> oh, dang. Nah, but yeah, so, um, I, you know, I found the girl. I guess we were friends on Facebook or whatever. And uh, I guess we went to school with high school together. And um, so I hit her up on there and, and you know, we basically uh, exchange information. And, you know, I, I, I told her that I would help her and I would bring a couple people out. She just needed some extras to be in her short film. So we do the we do the short film. We show up. It's raining outside that day. Um, I don't know what it had to be. I don't know what time of year it was, but whatever time of year it was, it was raining you know, was standing outside. It was freezing cold. You know, they were taking a long time to shut up shots and everything. And uh, so we do it. You know, we do it obviously because we like making movies and, you know, we like being on sets and stuff. But also because more importantly, because we figured she would help us out in the end. So it's like, you know, I'll stand out in the cold if you'll if you'll uh, be in our film also. Right. So, you know, all that happens is cold. The movie is terrible. It came out. The movie sucked. Um, but we knew that when we were there, we were just kind of like, you know, we're just doing it just to help her out. Then when it came time to actually shoot our film, I hit her up, you know, I hit her up a couple times. I'm like, Hey, how did the film come out? You know, just, you know, small talk or whatever, no response. Um, I was like, Hey, you know, hit you up again about, you know, is it like, where can I find the link of the film? No response. And I think I hit her up one more time, basically saying, um, are you still interested in doing our film? No response. So um, that's, you know, one of the lessons I had to learn for myself, because yeah. obviously, you know, like I said, this is a, we're in a position, even with the podcast and, you know, anything we do as far as our art now, we're, we're, there's no f financial compensation for much of what we do. Right. So we, we have to rely on we have to rely on guests to, you know, at least, you know, show up or you right. know, provide their own forms of transportation, all, all these kind of things in order to get these things done. So um, I'm working under that umbrella, you know what I mean? Just trusting people until they lead me um, to not trust them anymore. Right. Um, but I do know now in my case, you know, and I feel like a lot of what we're doing with the podcast and, you know, what we're doing on an individual level, we're going to be in um, much higher positions in the forthcoming years. So I know for a fact that these people are going to come around again and it's up to us, you know, and the reason why we're talking about this subject, it's up to us to 
be able to keep that same energy when these people do come around in our lives five, six years down the line when, when we have executive positions and movies and you right. know production companies and all this. Um, we're going to have that same opportunity and we're going to have the last laugh. Cause, right. Yeah. Because the way you handle things now ultimately are going to affect how you, uh, uh, what level or where you're going to be later on. Yes. If you're a person that's, you know, um, you're doing shady shit at a level, at the very low level, then you're going to continue to try to use those practices as you go up the ladder, and that's not how shit works. Mm-hmm. You know, when they think of Eddie McGee and Keith, they'll be like, oh, fuck, that's Eddie McGee from eight years ago that you know they started that podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, that guy is solid, man. He used to give me this for free. Mm-hmm. He used to pick me up when I didn't have a car. Or he used to do this and that. So you got to realize is 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 the... What you do is going to be your resume for later on. Mm-hmm. So the the people that are from your city or in your circle are not going to be able to talk ill of you when you've been solid. Yeah, there's there's value in that. It's almost it's literally like a resume. Mm-hmm. It's literally like a credit score. How you deal with people is literally like a fucking FICO score. Yeah, I know some motherfuckers that got a 300 FICO score. Okay. <laughs> right now I'm about an 800. You know, in regards to not literally, I do not have an 800 credit. <laughs> I'm not going front, okay? But in regards to how I deal with people and how um how I coexist with everyone, mm-hmm. I'm over What's the highest score? Is it 800 or 850? I don't know. Yeah, you know a, I ain't never reached those kind I never of heights before. It. Yeah, that's a high score. Yeah. I, I think know what, a white girl out there that got a good credit score. Yeah, right? I think once you get to 800, you get over 800, you got something ain't right. <laughs> you have to suck a dick to get to. <laughs> yeah. But I think that I, I'm a firm believer that most people that have over an 800 credit score are a part of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> It be re- sometimes it'd be regular people like, you know, regular working regular yeah. regular jobs, but you know, just have a job working at Vons or something like that. But they got a really high yeah. credit score. I'm like, yo. I think yeah, people with eight hundred credit scores, I think they have certain characteristics. Like, yeah, my name's Bob. How you doing? <laughs> I ain't never seen a nigga like, yeah, my name's Daquan. I got, <laughs> got eight hundred credit score. Yeah. I don't, it's impossible for your name to be Daquan and have good credit. Yeah, I, you know what? If your name is Daquan and you got an eight hundred credit score, you will still not be approved. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, something's not right about him. We need to turn him into the bureau. To find out. We need to check all three bureaus on Daquan. <laughs> all right, well, it's TransUnion. It matches up, but the but the Experian and uh, the other one they don't they don't go together. I mean, what's the three? It's, it's Experian, TransUnion, and. Uh, Fuck, it's the three bureaus. I forgot the third That's one. That's another one. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't know. It, yeah. It'd be all three different scores, too. Yeah, it'd be three different scores. I think the way the credit system is set up needs to change. They need to fix that shit. Yeah. I think they need to, they need to have, an, like, what do you call it, a, a cumulative score, and it just takes all of them, puts them into one till you have one score only. Mm-hmm. I think that would make sense. Yeah. But your credit is almost like, <clears throat> if you ever played uh, Madden or NBA 2K, your your credit score is almost like uh like uh, attributes. <laughs> like when you're creating a player in a game. Yeah. It's like pays on time, mm-hmm. a good credit history, yeah. and then another one would be like high credit usage, like don't trust this nigga with credit. Yeah. yeah. Like you're there's so much stuff. Like mm-hmm. and you you could get approved for one thing that's like forty thousand dollars, and the next thing you'll be denied for something that only costs a thousand. Yeah, it's crazy weird, how credit weird, works, man. Yeah, the weird, weird part of it. 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's exactly how it works. Yeah, this spun off of giving people the same energy that they give you. All yeah. I know is this: I, I'll say this. Um, just make sure you are not overextending yourself for someone or something or some job or relationship that is not being equally reciprocated back or is not giving you the same energy. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a situation that's only going to cause you some form of uh, uh, uncomfortability or or anger or just a bad situation in general yeah just get get just get away from it yeah i think a lot of it um what you realize is that a lot of people are very selfish right so you know this is where a lot of the um disconnect come from right so it's a lot of selfish people moving out there so yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's also selfish. We Like I talked about earlier, you know, with the young lady I was hanging out with, I think it's selfish for you to kind of overrun my energy that I'm giving you and say, even though Eddie seems like he's not really wanting anything serious, let me try to force this on him. Yeah. You know, because, you know, uh, I like Eddie. So let me go ahead and try to force the situation on him and then um, we'll take it from there. That's not how life works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you need to have. You need to have a little more uh, depth when it comes to things like that. Yeah, that's true. I think, you know, and I can't really speak on that situation, mm-hmm. but there is a certain uh, maturity that comes along with understanding the dynamics of a, rela- a relation, 100%. relationship, right? So, um, you know, and we're all grown. So it, it's it's not like you're, you know, you're a teenager and, you know, the, the a guy is leading you on only so he can have sex with you or whatever. You know, we kind of go into these situations <clears throat> laying down the rules ahead of time, even if they're not verbally said. Um, we know what it is. Like if, you know, we go on a date and we have, you know, dinner or whatever, mm-hmm. then we hang out one more time. And then, you know, the next time we smash and, um, and the and the conversation is only so like surface level combo. Right. We're talking about stuff we like here and there, but we ain't talking about family and all that. No. Then we know we know what we know what we're here for. You right. Know what I mean? So. Ladies, remember this too, right? <clears throat> Depending on the outing that a man takes you to, he's letting you know um, how much interest he has in you. Like if it's if it's a, a, a dinner, um, it doesn't always mean that though. So this is kind of it's yeah. kind of somewhat inaccurate from what I'm saying because I take women out. It doesn't mean I want a relationship. It just kind of means I'm just going to have a basic surface level conversation. Yeah, and then you know after that, it's not going to be the same thing. We either just either going to the movies or something, mm-hmm. someplace where we don't have to talk too much. <laughs> and then after that then that'll be an excuse for you to drop on by the house and get yeah. some dick if you want it yeah yeah if yeah. you don't want dick then you're not obligated to do that <laughs> but with consent of course yeah with consent right? <laughs> and, and i make sure i ask for consent before i have sex i say like excuse me um and i read uh mrs so-and-so may i stick my dick in you and then she she signs the letter and then um then we have sex <laughs> you got NDAs now yeah. since he started can, the podcast. Yeah, can you right? I mean, <laughs> NDAs, man. And what's crazy about this whole culture is a lot of women say, "Oh, you should ask for consent." Like, let's be very clear. All the women that say you should ask for consent, how many times has a guy ever said, "Hey, is it okay if we have sex?" If yeah. a guy does that, you're not going to give him pussy. Don't even sit up here and try to front. Mm-hmm. You're not giving that guy pussy. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you'd like to have sex with me. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> a girl's not going to admit it. Women like things to be smooth. They don't want to feel rust or they don't want to feel pressured. <laughs> mm, I was wondering if I can enter your vagin- vaginal cavity. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if I could break your hymen. 
I was wondering if I had. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I wonder was- if I could inject my penis in your molecular tubing. <laughs> I was wondering if I can Hadouk in your hymen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hadouk. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Oh, no, I was going to say something about like um about knowing uh I guess the temperature right, of a yeah. relationship based yeah. on a place you go. Yeah, exactly. So ladies, if I take you to BJ's, right. you know what I'm expecting afterwards. Right. I'm even going to crack a little joke. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a couple <clears throat> innuendos about BJ's and I'm doing that on purpose for you to <laughs> to kind of dive into the BJ conversation. <laughs> Because I've done it. And a, yeah. a chick asked me, like, why BJ's? And I was like, oh, it's just a cool place. <laughs> and, and then uh, and then, and then when we mentioned the place BJ's, I'd be like, huh, BJ's. Kind of ironic, right? <laughs> Three and, hours later. No, no, that's not the sound. Three hours later, they'd be like, hawk, 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 hawk. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Some chicks try to impress you by making those extra noises that are unnecessary. Yeah. To really let you know that they're working on that blowjob. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I'm like, what language? Some girls is that? be like, they be, they be like OD with they, with they skill set. Right. right. So they be yeah. trying to prep you before. Like, yeah. I'm trying to bless you. Yeah. Stop I'm it. To do all this. And then you get it and it just be cool. Be you, get, you get it. You gave me a, a fucking great value version blowjob. <laughs> you gave me a Walmart brand blowjob. <laughs> you didn't give me cornflakes. You gave me corn, uh, <laughs> The off brand from cornflakes, corn bears, or whatever the fuck it is. Corn bears. <laughs> you ever, hey, dude, the generic <laughs> brands of food have the worst fucking names. They have names. no creativity. No right? creativity. They got some old man writing names and doesn't give yeah. a fuck. Flakes of corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crispy rice. <laughs> fruity. Uh, <laughs> Instead of fruity pebbles, it'd be like uh, fruity marbles or some <laughs> shit like that. Fruity small rocks. Yeah, you're like, dude, I um, <laughs> Tyrone Crunch. <laughs> Tyrone. <laughs> like, who is Tyrone and what did this nigga do to deserve his own cereal? <laughs> that was comedy. Yeah. Man. You seen the rap snacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like chips with like pictures of Quavo and mm-hmm. shit. I don't want to see a picture <clears throat> of Quavo in a bag of chips. I don't think it's a bad thing, but this is kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah, and then the whole time I'm eating the chips, I just keep hearing the noise like, I get the bag of butter. I'm like, oh man, I can't eat these chips no more. <laughs> that was comedy. Yeah, that was funny. You uh, open a Travis Scott chips and it'd be like, straight up. I'd be like, heck no, I can't eat these. <laughs> Soon as you open a bag, it'd be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> School, school. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Travis man. Scott is dope. You know how you know Travis Scott is dope? <clears throat> Travis Scott is dope because he could do the same shit over and over and you love it. Yeah. Every, and when he come out with a song, you waiting to hear those fucking sound effects in each mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so dope. Yeah. Yo, in real talk, in, in like the last 10 years, like to me, um, uh, What's it called? Uh, what's his last album? Something World. Astro World. Astro World. One of the coldest albums to me, probably the last ten years. Yeah, that's dope. That album is crazy. I could like I haven't listened to it in a while, and it's kind of on purpose because when I turn it on, I get juiced up. It'd be a whole new album. It'd be a whole you know, new album. I was just when I was listening to Roddy Rich's album, mm-hmm. I was I just had an epiphany. I right. was just like, yo, 
one of the most beautiful feelings in the world is mm-hmm. listening to a great song for the first time. Right. It's like you're experiencing all the sounds, the chords, the right. melodies, and everything. You're just like, yo, this is dope, man. This right. Because so, so. you never get that feeling. You, you know, you can love a song. You, you, you can love uh, Travis Scott's album, but you'll never have that experience of the first time you true it's like the first time you get a little bit of pussy or something like that yeah exactly (laughs) some of that that new travis scott pussy now look wait a minute huh that sounds crazy no 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 i mean i was making a you know a parallel opinion like travis scott's music for the first travis scott pussy god damn it (laughs) travis scott's album when you first hear it and some girl you just had sex with for the first time i have to clarify that for the podcast listeners you know no, but um, I had that feeling when I listened to Nipsey's album. I remember when I listened to Victory Lap for the very first time, ta- very first time, mm-hmm. and I turned it on and it started. Whoa! Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, what's this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? Like this- doing it in the streets, bro. It, I was like, "This nip." Like when I first when I, that first song set the tone for the whole album the first words i'm prolific yeah that's yeah that's dope i'm prolific so gifted yeah and then the, the little background in these streets yeah oh man that what that shit got my skin like crawling like not in a bad way but like it kind of gave me uh the chills listening yeah. for the first time because just the way you're receiving the music so yeah um i felt that way with nipsey's because nipsey had had a bunch of projects yeah a bunch of them that's what I was but this was his first album and i was i was curious how i was gonna go mm-hmm. and nick man whew, that's uh, go ahead the way that i was listening was like from obviously from a fan like right. i love nipsey hustle but right i was listening from excuse me i was listening from a um uh like uh a cheerleader in a sense mm. it's like yo i don't know how this i haven't heard the album yet and right. obviously you make he already makes good music right but um i don't know how it's gonna sound but right. i want this to be amazing right and once you listen into yeah. it you're like yo this is dope this is dope this is dope this is dope, yeah. dope 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 yeah yeah so yeah i think nipsey <clears throat> set the tone with that album and i'm praying that the beginning of the year is some more it's another project by nip Cause they they had like little clips on Instagram of music he was making before he passed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, like this is some yeah. next level shit. Yeah, I don't know if you caught any of it. N- uh, I don't think so. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, and I think that Nipsey understood the importance of the music that he had to drop, especially after that album, mm-hmm. because the album was so cold. You know, the, yeah. pr- the production quality was on point. Um, just the message was dope. Yeah. That to me is one of the best hip hop albums ever. I gotta put it on one of the best ever, and it's especially not- if you know. There's um, there's guys like Jay. There's guys right. like Kanye. Yeah, Fifty. All these guys have like those classic first albums. Yeah. I think Nip falls, you know, right oh, in line with those yeah. people. Yeah. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out all the way because <clears> if I'm making a comparison, because I've been around long enough to listen to you know Fifty's first album. Um, man, that 50s album, it's a lot of albums. Get Rich or Die Trying was hard, Ooh, it's a lot of albums yeah. not fucking with that one. Yeah. I could turn that on right now and get juiced up. Yeah. If I can't do what? That shit still get me juiced up. When yeah. I'm in the gym and I turn that on? Oh, my God, man. Yeah, he once you play that and you don't you don't really realize all the songs that's on there. It's all the hits. He, had, he only had, he only had a, a few singles from that album. Um, 
like uh, I think like Wangster was on there and, uh, in the club. I Bro. think those are like the two. No, the two. it's a couple. It's a couple hits because he had no, not hits. But I'm oh. just talking about singles, like oh. music videos and everything. Oh, um, so when you when you listen to the album, you almost forget some of these songs is on there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a bunch of songs. You'd be like, oh, I forgot this was on there. I forgot this was on there. And you just singing the whole song. Twenty one questions, another one. Oh, twenty one questions. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Would you love me in a Bentley? <laughs> Would you love me on the bus? Bus. bus. Niggas was really riding the bus when As, I came out. Yeah, too. I was riding the bus. <laughs> I was like, I was really asking that question. <laughs> Would she love me on the bus? And the answer was no, like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. If you're riding the bus. You Would you love me if I flip burgers at Burger King? <laughs> <laughs> Oh That's man, funny. yeah, man. I don't know how we got on that topic, man, but it it yeah. uh, 50s album for sure. Uh, yeah. Jay's album for sure. Reasonable yeah, doubt. doubt. Other than reasonable Crazy. doubt, about about a week or so ago, mm-hmm. actually, when Jay first when it went on Spotify, yeah, it went on Spotify, and I was like, yo, I remember listening to this back in '96. <laughs> I was in the I was in the sixth grade, yeah, when that came out, and uh, and it was making a splash because on the West Coast, it wasn't a lot of coverage like that. Uh, uh, for East Coast artists back then, yeah, but yeah, that and then uh, oh, what's another Snoop one? Snoop had a great Snoop first had a, album. Snoop had a great first album. He actually too. has the record for first week sales, I think. Yeah, unless it's, unless Fifty Cent broke it, but yeah, that's Snoop just, had a great one. Um, that's another. That's that's the only ones that come to mind that like just came on a scene. As far obviously, there's great albums, but that had great albums and then touched the nation type yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. You know what song I, I listen to now that's still in my rotation that when I come on like out of left field it get me super juice is uh uh Travis Scott Stargazing. Oh okay. But that shit when that bass drop mm-hmm. dun, 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 when as soon as that shit drop mm-hmm. I just be like man mm-hmm. you know all the bad all the bad energy goes away you know you know the pussy appointment that fell through because <laughs> a lot of a lot of women do that man you know you. You set up a pussy appointment, and then I'll be like, all right, cool. Just come through at like 7. No, come through at like, you got to make sure you had a girls come over at uh, pussy getting hours. So say, hey, uh, drop by like, you know, 930. They'll be like, oh, that's kind of late. That's booty call hours. I'll be like, oh, well, I understand if you don't want to come by. No, that's cool. I'll come by. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know they, the they got to play a little game. They know the drill. <clears throat> yeah. You know, shout out to Travis Scott, man. Right. My pussy getting hours is different, though. <laughs> what do you mean? Like. I, I tell them to come through whenever. Woo! Damn. But my schedule is different from yours. You got like, you know. You getting a daytime pussy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I was in school. Like, <laughs> oh, dang. All right, I don't have uh, my second class until five o'clock. You can come over about three o'clock and we can get it in for about five minutes. And I have enough time to get back to class. <laughs> I feel bad for some women, though, because, you know, we all have bad days. As men, we have bad days. You know, we got days where we're stroking that pussy out. And then we have, <laughs> we have other days where we're stroking it and it just don't last that long. Yeah. And it, it sucks when a girl's getting getting into it you could tell she's getting into it she's starting to throw it back yeah starting to feel good and then we just be finished and they just be like <sighs> yeah i think it's also up to the girl to be more vocal you know what i mean like I mean, she got it she got to tell you if she on the verge or you know coming herself or something because if she just you know 
because sometimes you just be want to finish right after they finish. You don't be trying to like just pound it for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> it's been an hour and a half. You're sweating in here. It's like it's one thing to like to have a good sexual experience, but then it's like it's not good for the pussy to turn into like an appointment at the DMV. <laughs> like this, some DMV pussy. <laughs> This some Marvel. This some Marvel movie pussy. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get some pussy. I'm not trying to update my registration. <laughs> you be hitting the pussy from the back and be like, customer G seven, window number nine, G spot sixty nine, <laughs> window number three. Oh man. Speaking of DMV, I gotta go soon. Fuck. I have a very simple thing to do though. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's never fun going to the DC. Fuck no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. All right, switching gears. Um, Michael Vick. Um, <clears throat> Michael Vick is getting backlash um, because the new... Uh, the Speaking of doggy style. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that went dark. Uh, Michael Vick is getting backlash uh, based on the fact that he's going to be a uh, captain in this Pro Bro for the Legends. He's going to be a Legends captain for the game. Right. And uh, here's my thing. Let me preface, you know, what I'm about to say by saying this first um, to all the dog lovers out there. I love dogs. Okay. I don't have one personally, but I love dogs. But let me say this. God, it's up to God to forgive you, but people won't. It's not up to people. You can do something and people will shame you for it 20, 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Even if you've paid your debt to society, even if you've apologized a million times, even if you've went to multiple meetings, even when you've donated money to certain causes, people will still see you as a monster, right? Yeah. It's not up to them to forgive you. So let me make that statement first before I roll into what I'm about to say. Me me personally, I think this is not only the fact that, you know, uh, dogs were being fought, but this is a cultural breakdown. And what I mean by that is, is that we don't comprehend that everyone doesn't everyone doesn't do the things we do. Yeah. Right. Culturally, um, I, I knew some people back in the day, black folks, they used to fight dogs or have dogs and they'd be fighting them and stuff. And me, I would never fight a dog. You know, I, I would I would love my dog and not have him fighting other animals. Yeah. But that's something that happens a lot in, in black culture because I and, and Mexicans do it, too. But um, mm-hmm. it's not something you really would see from a lot of white people. Right. So. If you if you really want to break it down, there's a lot of white people that don't comprehend it. And I'm not saying they don't have to, but it's the simple fact that we have to realize that we all don't do the same thing. I know some people that have dogs that when they see a cat, they're like, ooh, a cat. Ugh. Yeah. So what it is, a lot of it is selective morality. Yeah. We we tend to see a dog that we love, that we pet, that we have in our home, that we love, and we look at a cat and say, Ugh, get out of my house. Right. We don't keep the same energy for everything else. There are certain cultures that worship cows. Right. And in America, we put them between a fucking burger bun and eat them. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that everything is not being done the way that we do it. Didn't mean to pound on the table like that. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just it's weird to me. Um, I think there's more of a issue with the cultural breakdown because it's really popular, especially like in, in, in I won't say white culture, but more white people do it where it be, you know, going and hunting deer or, you know, elk or whatever. That's also an animal. We've created this hierarchy of how we view animals. Well, a deer, you could shoot it in the head, but a dog, you have to pet it and bring it in the home. 
right? An animal is an animal. And animal cruelty is animal cruelty, mm-hmm. right? I have a question for everyone that's mad at Michael Vick. What did you have for dinner last night? Yeah. Oh, you had a chicken sandwich, huh? That's an animal. Oh, you had a burger. That's an animal. Oh, you had a motherfucking elk. That's an animal. Mm-hmm. So we eat animals and then shame people for how they treat animals. Where the fuck are we making sense? Exactly. That's that's my biggest issue with it. Am I trying to say that Michael Vick wasn't wrong? He was dead goddamn wrong. You should never treat animals like that. Mm-hmm. You should never, you know, uh, 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 hang or beat or get rid of an animal because they lost a fight or any of it. All of that is fucked up. All of that is wrong. But I will say this: make sure you point the finger back at yourself when you're ma- when you're pointing it at someone else. How consistent are you um, with what you? You want to hold people to a higher standard that you don't even walk on. Just be careful, man. Yeah, I think you hit you hit it on the head, man. Um, from with, be, from behind. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I think that you know Michael Vick. Obviously, he you know he did a stint in, in uh, prison, and he got out, and you know I don't know exactly what he did in the aftermath, but I'm sure he did some sort of community service to you know try to you know, make things right. Um, and, you know, the the biggest point you made is that we do have, as a society, we have this uh, selective morality. Right. You know, um, I see even Joe Rogan is a, a huge hunter. He speaks about hunting on right. pretty much every podcast. Are we going to cancel Joe Rogan now? Are we going to stop showing up to his shows? Are we right. going to, you know, stop listening to his podcast or right. whatever? Um, no. And, you know, and you and I both know that it's obviously because Michael Vick did something wrong. But right. when black people do things wrong, it tends to be blown out of proportion. And a lot, you know, a lot of times. <clears throat> so, you know, two two people can do the same exact things. And, you know, a guy like Michael Vick or um, whomever could be treated more harshly than his counterpart. And, you know, these type, like I said, like you said, these type of things go on in certain communities. It's just a cultural thing that we, we grew up on. And I don't even, um, in the moment, I don't know where his, his mind frame was at. Obviously, he talked about being immature and surrounding himself with the wrong people and stuff like right. that. But a lot of cultural things that we do um, doesn't necessarily register as being illegal to us a lot of times. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, even if you, um, you know, uh, even like, you know, just smoking a little weed here and there, we don't view that as, you know, us doing something illegal. Obviously, we know that, you know, certain, you know, back in the day, you know, if you get caught with it, you'll probably go to jail. But, right. you know, if you just chilling in your front yard or backyard or whatever, the, the idea of it being illegal doesn't even register to you. 100%. And, you know, a few other things. So I think that's what happened with him. He just kind of got caught up in a certain lifestyle where, you know, you got a lot of money, you playing football, you got, you know, a bunch of people surrounding you and you, you just live in this culture. And especially in Atlanta, you know, the way that it had played out, it was a lot of dogs and dogs were being buried and, That's ridiculous. you know, a lot of dogs fighting and stuff like that. So, you know, he just kind of, he probably just kind of got in over his head. And a lot of times he wasn't even there. It was just, it just so happened that these things were happening at his house. So, you know, he got charged with a lot of it, mm-hmm. but, um, like you said, he he paid his debt to society, so I don't understand why, you know, America isn't as forgiving as it should be. You know, there's certain mm-hmm. things that I think sh- is that, you know, 
that should never be forgiven. You know, there's certain things, but they have a place for that, and that's prison. So right. if a person goes to prison and then he gets out, I think um, we should be more accepting of uh, people changing and bettering, and bettering themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's not forgiven because this is America. And in America, the way we treat, you know, dogs is, you know, high. We treat dogs better than we treat a lot of humans. So yeah. that's just how we do things here. So, and like I mentioned earlier, it's up to God to forgive you, but people always won't. And at the end of the day, that's something that's that reigns true with many different situations. Um, with Michael Vick, I could say it was completely ignorant. He was rich. He had the wrong people around him because there's no way that that I'm going to be rich. But I got people around me that are fighting dogs that are killing animals and hanging them and doing stupid shit. OK, but it just to me, I just think we've adopted this idea that we can devalue certain animals and put other animals on a pedestal. Yeah. Right. And there's some people listening saying, Eddie, you're fucking wrong. I love my dog Pebbles and he loves me and this and that. And you're so stuck in your world that you can't step out of it for five minutes and understand that you love your dog as you should love your dog. But you just ate a fucking burger. So shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Okay. If until you're able to fully stand on if until you're until you're able to firmly stand on the belief that you think animal cruelty is wrong then you just need to shut the fuck up. Like you you are eating burgers. You are shooting elk. You are killing deer. You are doing all these things, but yet you shaming Michael Vick for fighting dogs. Mm. He's wrong, but you're also wrong. Yeah. Bottom line. Bottom fucking line. And even if you're a vegetarian, they're probably using cow manure to mm -hmm. uh, cultivate those vegetables and right. fruits and stuff. So, right. you know, you're part of the problem too. Yeah, because what's going to happen is is they're using cow manure, but that same cow, they're going to slaughter his fucking ass. <laughs> so you may be eating a veggie burger, but you got beef shit in it. <laughs> you're you're part of the problem. And you know what? You're mm. full of shit. <laughs> right? You're eating a Beyond Burger, but you're not beyond the, the scrutiny. You're not beyond the scrutiny you deserve. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, dead. It was comedy, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, but it, yeah, I think um, you know, from my standpoint, Michael Vick, he should be able to live his life without any sort of backlash. You right. know, I see him. You know, he's moving a lot on these different networks and stuff. I see him on uh, FSN with right. with Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless, and Shannon Sharp. Um, like I said, he's in the, like you said, he's in the Pro Bowl, and mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't know what other job titles he has, but you know, I'm glad to see he's you know been able being able to uh, been able to uh, reingratiate himself into society. So right, most definitely, man. Mm -hmm. So um, I will my my final thoughts on this situation is this: I don't care how much of this conversation you've listened to and you completely disagreed about. Because what some people tend to do is whenever they don't understand a point or they don't want to comprehend it or they completely disagree, they shut off everything that makes sense and they only listen to what they want to hear. Yeah. So if you're that person, then I guess this conversation wasn't meant for you. I guess that you can go back into that echo chamber you believe in and you just stand on that and you eat that big juicy fucking triple patty burger while you pet your dog and you love that dog, but you ate a fucking animal that was breathing. You ate an animal that had family. You ate an animal that is an animal, mm -hmm. right? And if if the goal is to to abolish animal cruelty, then none of us should be eating animals. And yeah. we are all complicit in this slaughtering of fucking animals. Yeah. Right? 
Um, I may I've said it more than enough times. Mm-hmm. Dog fighting is wrong. I love dogs, but I also don't stand. I don't stand so firmly on the fact that it's not not only is it wrong to fight dogs, but it's wrong to do all the other things we're doing. Mm-hmm. And and until we are able to be consistent in that, then you might want to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Especially Peter. If Peter, anybody from Peter hears this, this is Eddie McGee um, from Chuckers Mind Podcast. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Switching. Peter uh, is. Um, they uh, they have rebranded themselves as, um, and they become part of this outrage culture. Right. What does every it stand time? For? I'm not sure, uh, but. P- Pussy eating terrorist anonymous. Oh. <laughs> That's comedy. <laughs> but yeah, but every you know every time Kanye West got a you know chinchilla fur on or mm-hmm. you know whomever got whatever on <clears throat> real leather shoes or snakeskin on the shoes or whatever they they mm-hmm. tend to hop on Twitter and say something and you know it becomes news and I think that's part of their um, that's part of their uh, business right to be angry at things so they can yeah. start trending. Stand on one thing, but avoid the others, right? You're so fucking mad about people wearing a chinchilla or fur or, or snakeskin shoes or whatever, but you, t- you continue to use the phone made by child slaves. <clears throat> Good fucking job for you, buddy. <laughs> Good fucking job. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think the actual, yeah, I don't know how it was started or when it was started, but obviously we agree with, um, the, I guess the uh, the constitution of what they're trying to do, right? You know, they're trying to make sure we are being we're um, not overstepping our bounds as far as this this whole uh, this whole ecosystem of the world. You know what I mean? Right. As humans, we're not just killing animals and um, using them as clothes and stuff like that, and just overstepping our bounds and doing like just doing too much. Um, I understand that aspect of what they're doing, but as far as like the cancel culture, that really has nothing to do with what why they were created. You know, they're I'm I'm pretty sure they were created to bring awareness to certain things and bring awareness to uh, the the cruel things that human beings are doing to animals. But excuse me, when it comes to a person serving his his stint in prison and then getting out and you know a pilot excuse me, apologizing for all the things that he's done. Um, there's no reason to show up and protest outside of buildings and outside of uh, football stadiums like that. That has nothing to do with why you were created. You know, like the deed is done already. What True. What do you want to what do you want us to do? True. But Peter has taken the <clears throat> Justin Timberlake approach to this. You know what that approach is? It's too late to apologize. <laughs> it's too late. That ain't, that's not Justin Timberlake. Yes, it is. It's too late to apologize. Yes. Who? Oh no, it's not Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Fuck. I'm like, it's Timberland hell? and that white guy that sings. Yeah. But I forgot his fucking name. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. See, see, this is why black folks we gotta stop getting. <laughs> we gotta stop getting so offended when white people do this shit because I totally forgot the white guy that was singing the song. <laughs> And I just said it was Justin Timberlake. Yeah, you're so sure of yourself. I was questioning myself. Damn it. That would have been so much more poignant if I had got it right the first time. But you guys get the drift. Let me check out who it is. Let's see his name. We got to give him, you got to give him his, his, uh, his, one Republic. Huh? One Republic. One Republic. Yeah. One Republic. I apologize for making that, um, uh, inaccurate statement about the song. So One Republic, 
I'll give you credit for the point that I made. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. <laughs> Ouch. That's funny. That's why it's important, folks. If you get a podcast, make sure you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't want to be like Eddie over here making mistakes. You ever okay? been listening to a podcast? Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be listening to a podcast. And the people on the podcast, the hosts would just be like, dang, what's his... What's the name of that song, or what's the name of that uh, yeah. uh, that person, or what did they do, or the name of a movie or something? And you're just like yelling at the radio, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. System. But see, that's why I'm glad. Like, if I listen to Joe Rogan, I don't have that problem because as soon as Joe doesn't know, he's like, "Hey, Jamie, yeah, hey, Jamie," and Jamie, get, Jamie, I don't know what he gets paid to do that job, but I'm sure it's good because this motherfucker comes up with shit like, like, so Jamie, what was that guy? Oh, it was James James Hagelford, uh from 1927? <laughs> uh, he went across the street. And he met her mother. He was married to Mabel back in 1917. You'd be like, fuck, you got all these facts? Yeah. Yeah, dude. We need a Jamie on this podcast. I think it's an almanac. Yeah, right? Yeah. We need a Jamie for the Trucker's Mind podcast. (laughs) So something goes wrong, all right? And we want to get, like, we want to find the smartest, like, like NASA, like, a dude that, like, majors in, like, aeronautics or something. (laughs) You'd be like, hey, um... Uh, 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 Point Dexter. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> that was funny. Oh, approximately what basically happened here. Is, uh... <laughs> you would imagine he looks like that nerd off The Simpsons. <laughs> we gotta hire that dude from Jack in the Box. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you want the large fry, right? <laughs> Everybody loves the large fry. Yeah, you gotta get that. <laughs> yeah, he sounds. Straight from the 1990s, one of those little teens. But those smart motherfuckers, they'll be the worst car salesman. Like, honestly, you can get this car, but I'm going to be honest. It has a transmission problem that's been going through GM and uh, Ford for about five years now. So (laughs) it's in circulation in in comparison with... You'd be like, man, (laughs) I don't know if I want to buy this car now. This is actually the worst model. Uh, They recalled the parts on this 200 times. And uh, I don't think you should buy this. But if you go on Craigslist, approximately at 2 p.m., there will be a car available, and I will be selling it. <laughs> yeah, this it, the, the, the turning ratio isn't great, but the ergonomics. <laughs> <laughs> this car doesn't have much torque, so you shouldn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> this car has less torque than Meg the Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Huh. All right, man, switching gears. <clears throat> um Mother Diana Elliott was arrested for leaving her 14-year-old autistic son with, or excuse me, son with Down syndrome, Down syndrome at a hospital. Um, go ahead and give a little more uh, insight on this. You know a little bit more than me. So basically, there's this um, lady, um, Diane, Diana Elliott. She has four kids, including this 14-year-old kid with Down syndrome. And I guess what she told the judge is that she was filming a little bit, feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So uh, basically what she did was she went to the local hospital um, and I guess she you know, walked around for a bit. And I don't know if she sat the kid down or what, but she left the kid there and, you know, she 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 left the hospital. And uh, I guess they caught her on surveillance and they picked her up and they, they took her to jail. And um, like I said, she she went to she stood in front of the judge and basically said that she had left the kid there because she was she was feeling overwhelmed. And um, I guess they went in there and they said the kid was a little bit malnutrition. And um, they I forget the charges that they brought to her. But the reason we brought this up is because there was a lot of people 
on Twitter and um, and actually people that showed up to the court that were supporting this lady. And a lot of them were saying that she doesn't need to be sent to jail. She needs help. Um, and, you know, the, there was I don't know what the group is or what the acronym was, but a bunch of them showed up to the, the courthouse. And I don't know if they signed petitions or what, but they show, showed up to the, the courthouse and show support for the um, for the kid. And um, eventually, through all the support that the, the community showed, they ended up uh, letting her go. And I, I, I believe that the judge, uh, the judge asked um, her and then the, the audience who was going to take care of this kid, this 14 year old kid. And an, a, a lady in the audience had raised her hand and she said that she would take care of it. And the ironic thing about the lady that said she would take care of the, the kid was that when I guess it was. Um, I believe the lady is like in her late 20s now or something like that. I'm not sure how old she is. But whenever it happened, she said uh, whenever, um, I guess when she was, when this lady that her, her her last name was like Griffin or something like that. When Griffin was 17 years old, she had done the same thing. She had left her child and uh, her kid with Down syndrome inside of the hospital and left. And um, I guess she felt um, obligated to, help this lady because when she heard the story or whatever she you know she showed up and she felt the need to uh lend a helping hand to to diana elliott so that's where we stand but our gripe is coming from the standpoint of the support obviously you know it's a sad situation you know it's 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 you know in a lot of black people's economic situation is it's difficult to um be, be able to uh take care of a child and then it's even more difficult to be able to take care of a child with special needs um but at the same time she had like we said she has four kids three of them are you know have have a normal mental state and then the one kid that she did leave into that leave in the hospital was the kid with down syndrome so you know i feel bad for the situation but at the same time it's like you left your child in a in a hospital. You you didn't left you didn't leave him to die, but at the same time, like you just left your kid stranded with with nowhere to go. So right. you can only get so much empathy from me for leaving a child that you brought into this world inside of a hospital. Right. Here's my thing, man. Um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna break it down very general into bad parenting. It's bad parenting because you have three other children besides the 14 year old with Down syndrome. And the thing about it is this, if you cannot handle one child, let alone four, and one of them having special needs, why the fuck are you having all those kids? Okay? What are you, selfish. Just selfish. Mm-hmm. Just fucking selfish. I don't have any empathy for her in any way. We we all have to understand that um, like being a product of your circumstances only goes so far, fucking far. You have to have accountability for what you do. You have to have accountability over the decisions you make and and all of those things. If you have a child that has special needs, that's not just another kid. That's a lifetime commitment. Yeah. When that kid turns 18, they don't run off, they don't go off to college and go to school and 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 find their soulmate and all that. A kid with special needs is a responsibility for a lifetime. So, instead of comprehending that when you have that kid and you just fucking you you have the kid and you're having a hard time with the kid, and then you have another kid. Then you have another kid. Then you have another kid. Sounds like you have a problem. 
Not the not the per, not the kid with special needs. The kid with special needs has no choice. He didn't choice. ask to be in this world. He didn't ask to be in this world. Mm-hmm. Right? You brought that child into this world. And it, there are certain things we do in this world that are irreversible. Having a child is one of those things. Mm-hmm. It is an irreversible thing. If you shoot somebody and end up killing them, that's irreversible. You're going to go to prison. You're going to pay your debt to society or do whatever. If you have a child, that's irreversible. And I think you have to you have to be able to live with those consequences. We have a classic case of a person where they literally took them to a hospital and fucking just left them there. That's abandonment, man. They abandoned a responsibility. And then it's not our job to defend somebody that did that. I think that one of the bad things that black people do is they come to the aid of another black person that's fucking up. Yeah. Right? I don't do that. I hold people accountable. I don't care if you black, Mexican, white, whoever the fuck you are. If if you're black, I'm not going to come to your defense when you do some dumb shit and say, oh, well, it's tough. You know, she she has a lot of responsibility. I do, too. Okay? I can't go to work and as a truck driver and have a, a load of gasoline and hit three people and say, oh, my bad. I was having a rough day. That's not how fucking life works. Mm-hmm. Okay? Whatever <clears throat> responsibility I have, I take it I take it head on. And I take it serious. Right? And people wonder why I don't have kids. You know why I don't have kids? Because you can't take that back. Mm-hmm. Once you have a kid by somebody... I, you make sure they solid. Like I don't. That's why I don't want to have a baby's mama. I want a wife. Yeah, somebody that can help me raise my child. I don't want to be off alone in this world without you know without the right companion. Now with her, it, there's no man in the picture. Four different times. I don't know how many babies daddy she got, but if if a man is good enough to get you pregnant, why the fuck he ain't still around? Mm-hmm. That don't even make sense. This is not cool, bro. I, I don't I don't endorse this whatsoever. I think it's corny. Damn, I almost knocked all the shit off the fucking table. <laughs> I think it's corny, and I, I think that we need to be accountable for the decisions we make. And I don't want to keep, you know, regurgitating the same point, but I think you guys know what the fuck I mean. Yeah. You know, this this is just inexcusable. Yeah, and you know, to the point of the the people coming to her aid, um I think her needing help is, you know. It, it it almost goes without saying, you know what I mean. I think there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of struggling um, parents and a lot of you know struggling families out there that would ne- that thought would never even cross their mind to you right. know to drop off their kid at a you know whether it's a kid that you know is has Down syndrome or doesn't you know what I mean that that thought never crossed their mind. I know one of my mom's good friends has uh, um. I don't know what the the politically correct term is now, but you know he's he's, um, yeah. I don't even I don't want to disrespect nobody, but he's a little slow, I guess. You know, he's okay. special needs kid. Okay, um, and he's been like that since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they love him to death. You know what I mean? He 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 still lives with the mom. The mom take takes care of him, and um, you know. It's it's I I don't know I'm sure it got difficult for her at times but he's he's an adult now and you know the mom's still taking care of him you know that yeah. that thought she has two other kids also and um I you know when you lay down there's a certain responsibility that comes with that you right. know what I mean you have to be aware and you have to be ready for all circumstances right. you know what I mean because anything can happen when you do lay down with somebody else isn't it crazy how we just gloss over the what like we gloss over the fact that like something 
like sex, something as small as sex can result in a lifetime commitment yeah. um, to a child. Even if the child has not special needs, the mother is always going to be the mother and the father will always be the father. Yeah. Like you got be a one wild night, one drunk night. Man, this pussy good. Yeah, yeah. Nine that's months later, crazy. you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it be. Yeah. How, most of these children, like, first off, let's be very clear. Kids are not planned. I think kids are not planned on a 90% clip. Yeah. I'll say 90% of the time you're not planning like, yeah, I'm going to get this pussy. We're going to have a kid tonight. Right. Yeah. You are just, you know, you you had a good amount of tequila or Hennessy mm-hmm. or uh, Jose Cuervo or um, whatever choice of alcohol you had four that loco night. If i was made on Ooh, a four loco i'd be hot i would not fuck a chick that drinks four loco <laughs> that is some bottom of the barrel pussy. <laughs> that's some bottom of the that's barrel funny. that's some welfare pussy right <laughs> nah, <I'm playing. laughs> but anyways like it's just crazy how um something as small as sex can uh leave you with a lifetime commitment yeah Sometimes that commitment is even more serious if you have a child with special needs, because what happens is if you if the child that's why when I hear women say shit like I don't need no man in my life, I'll raise this kid by myself. I think that that's kind of it's I don't say it's ignorant, but it's not really smart, because I think that especially if you have a child with special needs and a man help you create that child, why the fuck he ain't stepping up and why the fuck is he not there? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and this is one thing. It, it was too much for her to handle. And she was stressing out, but I just don't feel sorry for her. I I, think, I, I don't. I think also, you know, I don't want to tell people what to do with with their kids as far as abortion and stuff goes. Right. But I don't know how early on, but I know that you can detect if a child has Down syndrome. Yeah, you can. You know, when the when the baby is in the womb. So, um, you know, that's a time when you got to make the tough decision if you if you feel like you can't take care of it. You know. Right. Um, you know, you might want to think about an abortion. And- I think th- I think that anyone listening to what you just said is going to not listen to the reasonable part of that. And and you're not trying to make any point about you uh, aborting the baby because the baby has Down syndrome. Yeah. You're making the point of just very generally speaking, if you are to if you're not financially ready to have a child, if you're not uh, emotionally ready to have a child, if you are not if the man that got you pregnant <clears throat> is not worth anything if you've came up to this idea that this is not right at this moment then it is your decision to do what's best for you and that's not me or Keith telling you to do any other way Mm -hmm. because i know people have uh selective hearing and only want to hear what the fuck they want to hear yeah okay and you make the best decision for you Mm -hmm. but you got to understand that that child that you're bringing into the world or not bringing into the world did not ask for it yeah, bottom line. That's crazy, man. It, it you know, no one can predict these things, you know what I mean? As far as um nope. your, your your child having special needs and stuff, no. and, you know. It just get me to thinking like, dang, you know, what if that happens to to right. me, but you know, it's just something you know, as a as a man or as a somebody, like I said, you if you take that risk of laying down with somebody, you have to understand that um what the possibilities are. And especially if you're laying down with somebody and you're not protecting yourself, you know, if you're, right. you're not going through the proper protocols to, you know, prevent these things from happening. So. Right. Yeah. Right, man. And, and what's crazy is, is like the 
the way that we view people with special needs is just, it's not right in the first. I know some people when I was a kid, they used to make fun of mentally retarded kids. And I never did that. I never did that because I had a different relationship with people with special needs. Um, back when I was a kid, there was a time where my father was uh, a supervisor at a group home that was for people with special needs. So I was literally interacting with people with special needs at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they didn't operate under the same logic as me yeah. at a very early age. So I seen that, you know what I'm saying? But then I go to school and I see a bunch of motherfuckers making fun of a kid that has special needs. And I was like, hey, don't do that, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and even though I don't want to consider myself a comedian, right? Because I don't feel like I'm in, ingrained enough in the culture to do that. But being as I have, there's a comedic tone to this podcast and me and Keith both have done comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't tend to bring up like people with special needs and crack jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if if ever that's the case, it's extremely lighthearted. And obviously it's not literal, like a, from a literal sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's people that literally go in on, on mentally, re- like mentally retarded people. Yeah. Especially the ones that have like a brother or something that's, you know. That's different though. Mm-hmm. I think that's different, honestly. If I'm you, just saying that's the people that tend to go the hardest. True. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point, Keith. Mm-hmm. No, that's a very good point. If you have a brother or a sister that's, uh, special needs and you're cracking jokes on them and you're giving people uh, oversight of them and you obviously love your sister or brother but you're telling a story mm-hmm. i don't think that's something to get offended about to be honest mm-hmm. no because you're looking at it from a first-handed account yeah right? this is kind of off topic but there's this place out here in bakersfield called uh, it's called inclusion films i think mm-hmm. i think it's ran by john travolta's brother mm-hmm. i don't know what his name is like michael travolta you know some generic name special travolta needs actors? Well, um, basically what they do is they have a production company and um, their whole MO is that they make their films as far as the cast and crew with mm-hmm. a majority of people with special needs. That's awesome. So it's, you know, people on hand with Down syndrome working behind the scenes, you know, production uh, assistants. And, right. Um, even the actors in the film, there was they had a, a movie that came out a few weeks ago. Um and it had RJ Mitty in it, the the guy, the kid, the one with cerebral palsy from Breaking Bad. Okay. He yeah. was like the actor in it. And um I heard it was pretty dope. You know, people people said it was a it was a good movie and it's just crazy. I when I was just when I was seeing the, you know, just kind of hearing their story as far as their production company, I thought it was just dope how, you know, you inc- like inclusion there, like the name says it mm-hmm. all, they're including you know, different people from different walks of life in order to make movies. And it's like, right. you know, they can do anything. I don't even want to, I don't really want to call it inclusion. I just want to call it reality. Cause in reality, <laughs> there's people with special needs. In reality, there's, mm-hmm. when you look at movies, a lot of times movies are not a great representation of the reality we live. You know? <clears throat> yeah. I think it's some, in some ways, it's an escape from reality. But, um, if somebody's a special needs, this is from like a literal sense. If somebody's mm-hmm. a special needs in a movie, then I don't really call that a conclusion. That's just reality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like if you see like a uh, a, inter, a biracial couple in a movie or whatever, mm-hmm. that's not inclusion or like that's not like some crazy idea. Like wow, black guy dating a white chick in a movie, yeah, or white or black woman dating a white guy. Like that's just a relationship. That's yeah. not even a interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the shock behind a lot of the things that they you know. Yeah. But uh no, nah, what's dope too, I was watching the American horror story and there was a, a girl with special needs in the in, on, on the show. Yeah. And I was like, Wow, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. These people are walking around, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if you watching a movie and you see somebody homeless sleeping next to a trash can, 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's not inclusion. <laughs> People really still sleep next to trash cans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Keith Afro is a form of inclusion. <laughs> it's curly and it has the gray hairs in it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be a gray fox out a silver fox out here yeah man. it's yeah. crazy man you don't you got some you ain't that bad yet yeah it's all right you got some gray hairs in there though by the time you get older your shit's gonna look like frosted flakes on your head <laughs> this nigga's keys hair gonna look like honey buzzes of oats <laughs> <laughs> oh cereal head ass <laughs> cookies and cream you gonna be laying down you gonna be laying down one night and then uh big years later you gonna be laying down with your wife you're like Oh, your hair tastes good. <laughs> I just want to chop up some strawberries. Yeah. I don't want to cut up a banana and put it in your hair. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, knowing when to cut family or friends off, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't mean this from a... Um, a financial sense always you mean that from an emotional support sense uh etc um mm-hmm. there's some people that um are what they call ask holes where they will literally ask you for advice ask you for guidance ask you for all these things and you offer that guidance or that information or that wisdom that they may not have or that support that they need but they always do contrary to the information or the, the the help that you try to, to give them. And it gets to a point where you're like, you know what, bro? Fuck you, okay? Yeah. The last 20 fucking times you've talked to me about something, and I tried to help your bitch ass out, and you didn't want to fucking listen. So mm-hmm. guess what? I'm done with it. So now, when they whenever someone calls or asks you for something, you're just like, wow, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. I don't know how you're going to figure it out, but hopefully you figure it out. Yeah. You know, or, or hopefully you, you know... You, you 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 that that situation gets better or whatever it is yeah because i know some people that will ask you questions about like dang man what do i do about this girl man i like her but like i like the you know i like having other girls on the side too so yeah and i'd be like bro just stop talking all these fucking hoes yeah if you like that girl then talk to her and they'd be like oh for sure and uh, then they don't listen to you they don't listen they just yeah. keep fucking with a million girls and then once they relationship is on the rocks they're gonna call you again man. hey bro like, I don't even know what to do. She caught me cheating on her, bro. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I love her, bro. I'm like, if you love her, then why the fuck you cheating on her? <laughs> look, and look, here's the thing, keep too. Keep your dude. dick in your pants. Keep your dick in your pants. If you're 20-some years old and you're cheating, I'm not trying to give you an excuse, right? You're still old enough. You're a grown man. You should know better than that. But if you're like 23 and you're cheating, it's kind of more understandable. Yeah. Just based on the fact that you're young, you're stupid, <clears throat> and you, you your dick wants to be everywhere, and, 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 it, it, and it happens, right? I'm not saying it's okay at all, right? Because I've never had to cheat, you know, personally. Uh, But at the same time, if you're in your 30s and you can't keep your dick in your pants, then you're just a piece. You're just a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, you you are, man. You're just a piece of shit. If you're in your 30s, you you should have lived enough life in your 20s. You should got enough pussy in your 20s. You should have had enough fun in your 20s to where in your 30s. You want a solid woman. You think I want to be single? You think I want to just be some single dude that's getting a shot of pussy here and there? Yeah. And, and you know, I'd rather have a solid girlfriend. Yeah. A solid girlfriend, dude. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be in a good relationship. Yeah. Pre- personally, I'd rather be that way. Yeah. But that's very hard to come by. So all I do is enhance who I am as a human being 
so I can be on the same energy level as the woman that I want in my life. Yeah. I don't law of attraction. Law of attraction, baby. Mm -hmm. If I want the woman, if I want a certain woman, then I have to be up to that standard. Yeah. I can't be where I'm at and say, ah, she better do this. She better do that. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean that from a financial sense. I mean that from a life sense, like mm -hmm. my, the way I perceive things, the, the decisions that I make, all of these things will need to be aligned with the type of woman that I want in my life. If, if I don't have that, I don't deserve it. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. And I think, you know, like for, you know, for all of us where, where we tend to work on ourselves as far as like, our um, finances and our, our our goals, our our goals as far as the podcast and business right. and, and whatever. But um, also from an emotional standpoint, you know what I mean. You want to be you you want to fix all the flaws that deterred you away from you know past relationships. You know, even you know sometimes even if it wasn't your fault, but your the flaw may be that you attracted this person. A hundred percent. You know what I mean. And a lot of people don't hold themselves account accountable for attracting. Or marrying or dating the wrong guy or girl. A hundred percent. So <clears throat> that's, a, you know, the maturation that we're all uh, trying to go through. But um, as far as cutting people off, you know, the, the thing that bothers me the most about a lot of my relationships is that um, I have a, a certain skill set that can help a lot of people, you know, as far as people that have a business or an idea or, you know, sometimes people hit me up about things that I can't physically do at this point in time, but just because they know that I'm a, a person that, you know, has my hand in a little bit of everything, they'll hit me up and ask me about it. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, yo, I, I don't know how to do that. You got to ask somebody else. Right, right, right. And then right. I never hear from them again. <laughs> so it's just like the, the my one of my biggest pet peeves is people that contact you only when they need something. Oh, that's not good. It's super annoying. Um, and and that's when, you know, you like we talked about, this has a little bit to do with the energy aspect of it as well. Right. You know what I mean? You got to give that same type of energy to those people because what they're going to do is they're going to call you, um, you know, even you for, you know, your situations mm -hmm. or whomever, those at those ask holds. Yeah. Um, they're going to call you. They're going to be like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. Hey, about that thing we was working on. You think you could do that for me? And it's just like, what? okay. And then when they call you again, you start to realize the the pattern of it. So what I realize is that if I have something more important going on in my life, and I don't have the the time or the desire to actually do what they want me to do, then I'm just not going to answer the phone, right? Because I already know how these conversations are going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, um, a lot of times there's no financial compensation for what they're trying to do exactly you know and you know you you realize like you know i've acquired a certain skill set in order to get paid for the things that i'm doing so if you're expecting me to do something for free off the strength of our friendship or or where we have um a blood relationship then you know i'm gonna just put you on a back burner because i already know what this is about and I, and a lot of times these people aren't willing to pay someone else to do it, and that also gets annoying, right? Right, <clears throat> right, right. So for me, like, I can do a lot of things. Like, I can develop a website. I can, you know, do like graphic design. I can do a little. You know, I can do a little bit prostitution. Of, yeah, I can um, make a girl come. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nah, but um, but yeah, like I, like I said, I've you know I've taken certain classes, I've taken web design classes, I've taken you know these graphic design classes, I've taken all these things in order to be able to be self sufficient, right? And, right. You know, and what people realize don't realize is that. You know, no matter if you have some sort of like family dynamic or whatever, I I believe if you're not willing to, you know, if I offer to to do you something to do something for you for free, um, that's one thing. Um, but if you aren't actually willing to uh, fork out money or right. willing to invest in your your own business, exactly, then you know, I I feel that energy, and I'm not going to be able to give you the the energy you need to get you over the hump, right? You know. That's your. That's the problem that you have to figure out with yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, this is like, what are you gonna do? Like, I don't have a dog in this fight. You know, mm-hmm. uh, no pun intended, Michael Vick. But uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> I can't. I can't help you more than you can help yourself, man. Yeah. It, it gets. It gets annoying after a while because I'm not a person that does this. I don't like it. My thing is this. If I put myself in the same situations in regards to just life in general, whether it, whether it be in. in Honestly, I don't put myself in the same positions over and over. And if I do, it's something really small, but there's still no excuse for it. Yeah. If I know procrastinating puts me in a place of this, then when I procrastinate again and I get smacked on a hand for it, who the fuck's fault is that? It's mine. Mm -hmm. It's about self-accountability. I don't have to hit somebody up. Dang, man, I wonder why this keeps happening. I wonder why this keeps happening. And then they tell me, well, maybe if you got up a little earlier, you could do this. And I'm like, well, everything I'm doing seems all right. Yeah, and those it's, are people you can't talk to. Yeah, I can't talk to motherfuckers like that. You don't see the errors of your own ways. What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the, the thing that bothers me um, about people in general, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they, uh, for me, I come from a standpoint, the reason why I know how to do web design or the reason why I know how to do graphic design or the reason why I know how to, you know, semi-engineer podcast, the reason why I know how to shoot a short film, the reason why I know how to draw, the reason why I know how to um, make a girl come is because I've done the research. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I wasn't going to cut Keith off this time. I was going to let him go. He He did that to himself. I was about to say the reason why I know how to do co-produce a podcast, the reason why I know how to eat the booty like groceries. <laughs> oh man! But not nah, like honestly though, like I just had a, a curiosity, right? Like why are or like how do how can it go from you know a bunch of combinations of letters and numbers on a computer, and then it all of a sudden turns into like Facebook or. It's just a bunch of, you know, codes and different sayings and whatever, and it turns into um, a, a MySpace or whatever. So I was like, yo, how do like, how do you do that thing? So the curiosity yeah. takes me to this place. Exactly. I never, <clears throat> excuse me, I never was like, man, I need a website. Um, who should I hit up to find out who can do it for me? It was like, I'm self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. You know what I mean? It's just like, it reminds me of... Um, when Nipsey Hussle talked about him, you know, building his first computer to to record music on when he was like 13 years old or yeah. whatever like that. So it's just like that curiosity should take you to places. It should take you to a place where 
you start to learn about it on your own, you know, whether, you know, for mm-hmm. you, you know, when you did so much research on, you know, the human body as far as like what what does it take to lose weight? And and then you, you had this huge epiphany and then you started dropping weight like super fast. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing for anybody. Like you didn't run to a trainer or you right. didn't run to whomever. you. Yeah. You figured it out on your own. And that's how people should be. Like come to me at the final stages when it's like. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, I just, you know, I got this script or, you know, some people have sent me scripts, but, and I haven't even read them. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, come to me when you have 90% of your idea. Fuck, ready. I want to read your script for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm terrible. <laughs> Life be passing. What happens is, and this happens to everybody, like you have, um, you be excited about whatever it is. Like, yeah, bro, I'll take care of you. I'll read your script and shoot you some notes back. And then a day goes by and he'd be like, hey, bro, I haven't forgot about you. I, you know, I ran into something. And then one day that you have off, you actually forget about it. And then when you right. actually remember it, you get busy again. And then, you know, on Sundays, I can't really help you out because I got to watch the Niners and then I got to record the podcast or whatever. So, you know, life just passes me by. But at the same time, like that, I, that's more um, of a point to what I was trying to say. It's right, like, don't right. rely on nobody. Don't rely on mm-hmm. me to help you out. Like, do the research, you know, get in your books, you know, get hop on these YouTube videos. There's so much knowledge out there. Um, and what happens, too, is a lot of scripts are bad, and, and it's no personal slight to nobody. Like, you know, a lot of podcasts are bad. A lot of rap songs right. are bad. A lot of, you know... Everything is is generally bad, so you right. know, I'm I'm not in a rush to, you know, go and read somebody's script. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, here's the thing: you mentioned your curiosity and whatnot, but your curiosity will steer you to answers and solutions, mm-hmm. right? If you're willing to pay attention, we wanted to find out what we needed for a podcast. Went online and found it out. What do we need to do this? How do we get on different platforms? Searched and found the answers. Eddie, man, how you do it? Don't. Here's the thing for anyone listening to this podcast, right? This is a public service announcement <laughs> for anybody listening to this podcast. Don't you ever ask me a fucking question about a podcast. Don't ask me a question about truck driving. Don't ask <laughs> me a question about nothing. If you do not have, if you do not have any intentions of doing, it. if you don't have any exactly. intentions of doing it, don't waste my fucking time. Okay, yeah, I'm the one. I'm actively doing these things. I don't care about a motherfucker that's. that's doesn't even care about doing it. It's a waste of my time. Yeah, the other day um, I tweeted, you know, Twitter is a great platform and I don't have a lot of followers on there, but it's just a great platform to just get out thoughts without having, you know, family members or whomever um, monitoring everything that you're tweeting. Like, you know, Instagram, you can't really pour out your thoughts like you want. You can't pour out. You have to filtrate your thoughts a little bit on Instagram because you do have family and stuff on there or I don't Facebook. Um, I don't filter shit. You have family and stuff on there. <laughs> True, but um, Twitter is a place where I can go and I could just, you know, say the first thought. I, I mean, like I'm not hiding anything from anybody, but at the same time, like if uh, like if I just had a, a an argument with a family member or whatever, or you know, if somebody in my family or my friends is just bothering me, like you could just run to Twitter and just you know say whatever real quick, right? And there's no convert. There's no comment section really. You could reply, but there's no like comment section or whatever. It's just it's a setup differently to where you could just pour sure. out your thoughts. Yeah. So um, 
I just put on there. I was like, yo, like people will talk to you for people have a, a physical conversation with you on the phone for 30 minutes only to tell you um, about something that will never materialize. Right. Like I've had people. I know this one guy. Um, he wants to I think he wants to shoot like this short film or something like that. Um, and he's an actor and um, he called me about it, you know, months back. You know, we talked on the phone like, yeah, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this. We're writing, it, we're writing it out now. I got a few actors. Cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can help you out. And that that's the extent of my, you know, my conversation because I'm not going to actively try to uh, make this thing happen when this is your idea. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm, if if the time comes around and you're ready to go, like I'll pull up with my camera and help you make it happen. But I'm not going to be hitting you up constantly like, hey, when are we going to shoot this? When are we going to shoot this? So, you know, that happened. And then um, I, you know, we chopped it up a little bit more. Months go by. Um, I, I shoot him my number one day. And then um, he calls me. But he calls me at like at an odd time. And, you know, for me, I don't really be wanting to talk on the phone anyways. So, like, if you call me and I'm not in a position to have a conversation with you, then I probably won't call you back. True. Um, so that happened. And then uh, he messaged me again on uh, somewhere else. And he was like, oh, my bad, bro. I didn't I didn't uh, I, I, I text him and I was uh, he texted me. He was like, hey, I tried to call you yesterday, you know, just saying if you had like 10 minutes to spare. I was like, yeah, bro, hit me up. And then um, he never caught me. <laughs> and then he messaged me again, like the day, uh, like a day later, like, yo, my bad. I got caught up doing this thing. And uh, got caught up being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it never happened. So, I, <laughs> you know, I say all that to say is that, you know, I'm not going to um, put forth more energy than you are into any project that I'm not creating myself. You know, this podcast, we're going to put a lot of energy into it. We're going to chop it up throughout the week. We're going to do our research or whatever. Right. Um, But your idea is, 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 it's for you to put the most amount of energy in. Right. I can't expect anybody to be, um, work if you know even if you're directing a, a big budget film or whatever you know if, if you're the the leader of it if you're the producer if you're the director you can't expect the production the production assistant or the pas or the you know the interns or whatever to be working as diligently as you right and just like you know, on top of your shit man yeah even if you're you know if you're a football coach or whatever kyle shanahan is supposed to be the hardest working person on the team mm-hmm. jimmy garoppolo is supposed to be the hardest working person on the team and you can't expect the the intern that's recording practices to work as hard as you are. Like you gotta be the one that's putting forth the most effort. And then whoever is helping you is, you know, just inching you along that little bit that you need, you know, to make it, you know, to make this whole thing work. So Yeah. Um in closing with that uh that topic, mm-hmm. uh do not overextend yourself to help someone that doesn't want to help themselves or they keep, you know, asking these same bullshit questions, mm-hmm. um, knowing that they have no intention of doing anything and that none of it will, will materialize. When you're actively doing something, it's annoying when people say, yeah, I want to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to start one, you would already would have started. I don't care how bad that episode would have been. You would already fucking started it. Yeah. Me and Keith did it. There's no real right way. There's no real real right way to really start a podcast it's always a learning experience that's a tongue twister huh yeah it was <laughs> yeah that's um, funny 
it's yeah. But anyways, but wait, so the the topic was knowing when to cut people off, right? Yeah, but that's uh, what that's what it stemmed from. That yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to say, um, you know, outside of the whole, uh, you know, people wasting your time, there's also this 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 dynamic when it comes to um, just because you know you're blood related or you grew up together or whatever, like it's okay to love someone and not like them. Hundred percent. Yeah, because there's a lot of people um, that that I'm related to or that I'm you know friends with or grew up with or whatever. Um, I have love for them, but I don't like them as individuals. <clears throat> and I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think we have to. I don't think we have to force relationships, especially when they're one sided. You know, when right. you know, like the love that you show a person is not reciprocated. Right. You know, and they may say they love you or whatever. You know, you may get off the phone. I love you. Blah blah blah. But their actions are shown otherwise. You True. Know, these are people that are, you know, disrespectful and, you know, they're, they're, they're not owning their nonsense or whatever. Or they, they're showing you their true colors multiple, multiple times. And, you know, on your side, you're just constantly trying to make it work. I don't believe in that. I don't think you should, you know, you know until your dying day, try to mend a relationship that's never going to work. You know? Yeah. I think... uh People show you who they are, and you have to believe that. And you have to be able to live with yourself and know that even though I grew up in the same household as this person, I don't have to associate with this person anymore. Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's one of those things. You're gonna, if you're gonna stress yourself out dealing with people like that. Yeah, you know, you just you're putting yourself in a in a lose lose mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, yeah. But uh, switching gears, um, I was having a conversation with Keith. This is this is my topic. It's kind of like. Being in your 30s, you kind of have like a lot of these moments, I guess. But I was thinking like as you get older, you care more about how things make you feel instead of how they look. And and, and I, I will make the comparison even with fashion versus and, and relationships. Like I don't really care about how things look. Like I just wear basic shirts and pants. Like I bought a pair of fucking pants from Walmart and I was like, yo, these are the most comfortable pants I ever had in my life. I didn't I didn't care that they wasn't Echo or or you know whatever the other high end <clears throat> brands or whatever the brands are. Mm-hmm. All I cared is like, yo, these pants feel good. You know what I'm saying? These shoes feel good. You know, and I was on a date with this chick and she was pretty hot. Nice ass, everything. But she was a fucking psycho, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like I don't care how good she looks. I don't feel anything for her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I would rather be with a woman that looked a little less than she did, but she made me feel good. You know, like it, it, I think that uh, a person's vibe, conversation, um, their energy, all these things matter, right? But if I'm sitting across from a chick that's hot, that's sexy, that is complicated, I don't feel anything for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That just goes to show, like, I just care more about how things uh, make me feel than how they look on the surface level. Yeah. that I think that grows, that happens with maturity. Because when I was younger, all you really care about is how things look. Yeah. You care about impressing people. You care about, oh, I got the new these new jeans or I got this $75 t-shirt on so everybody sees how I look. But when you get older, you don't care about how you look. It's not like you, like you're, you know, you... Uh, don't give a fuck about what you're wearing. It's the fact that what you wear is not the most important thing. It's about how it makes you feel. And you don't really care about the opinions of others. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I remember when um, I used to be, you know, um, 
my biggest goal in life was to be a rapper. And I would, you know, watch BET all day and watch these other things, watch red carpets, watch music awards and stuff. And I would see different rappers uh, popping up with their wives and stuff. And, you know, and their and their wives used to look a lot different from the girls in the music videos. Right. And, you know, they weren't ugly or unattractive or anything, but they just weren't the Melissa Fords right. and the, um, you know, whatever other, you know, video vixens were out there. They, they, they weren't as attractive as those women. Right. And I never really understood that. I was like, yo, this, like, why such and such wife look like this? Mm-hmm. When, you know, the girls in the videos is fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but you realize that the, the physical attraction is only part of it. And you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just kind of going along with what you're saying. It's like when you, when you mature to a certain point, you realize that, there's much more beneath the surface. Right. Like you're, you're, you know, these people are falling in love with, you know, characteristics and you mm. know, intelligence and all these other things right. that are that are um, that a that a person or a partner can show you. So that's 100%. definitely the case. And um, you know, outside of uh, finding a partner, I agree with you. Like um, I used to always want, you know, the newest Jays or the newest Nikes or the Kevin Durant's or the Lebrons or whatever. And you buy those, and you realize that a lot of those shoes are not very comfortable. Right. You know, I have a I have Jordans in my closet that I haven't worn in months, and because a lot of them are very bulky, or you know, they just you know, for me, I slip on the same pair of Vans pretty much every day, and I walk right. out the house. Like I'll get get a new pair of Vans, and then I'll just kind of wear them till they get worn out, and then excuse me, I will buy some more, but. You know, simple vans, like 50 bucks or whatever, you can wear them and they go along with anything. For me, yeah. also, too, the reason I just wear like the black and white vans is because um, it's just easy. You don't have to think about it. And I and I sometimes I'll be studying like minimalists. Right. And I see like the lifestyle they live where it's like, yeah, I have five pair of the same jeans or I only wear white T-shirts every day or mm-hmm. I have white and black T-shirts. And this is you know, the same thing I wear every day. Like you're just trying to simplify your lifestyle because, you know, wasting time on, you know, what shoes I'm going to wear today or what outfit I'm going to throw on is like, you know, you're just wasting precious time. You know, you could be doing so so much other stuff than, uh, you know, figuring out what shoes you want to wear. Yeah, man. It's, it's like you said, it's minimal minimalism. Mm -hmm. Um, in a way, you, and you also mentioned the way the wives look versus the video vixens. And it's like with me, I think that there's been a very uh, weird way that people tag value on to, uh, I guess you could say women in a sense. Like, you know, this chick is hot, so she's high value. Yeah. Uh, false. Mm-hmm. Just because a chick is really hot does not mean her value is high. Yeah. That is a really big time, a big time misconception. Mm-hmm. You know, she might be hot, but her life is terrible. Her finance is probably bad. She's probably yeah. just a really bad human being. Yeah. Probably an alcoholic, probably does coke. We don't know what she does, mm-hmm. you know, but then there'll be a woman that's just, you know, just average looks, but she's got a great heart. Um, she's really smart. She's really funny, has a great sense of humor. Like, I'm much more, uh, I'm the type of guy that would gravitate to someone like that than a chick that's got this hot ass and these hot ass titties. Yeah, you know, and I'm just going crazy over. Yeah, you know? not to say I wouldn't uh, smash. I, yeah, those, yeah, are, yeah. Th- but that's the that's where it ends, though. Mm, you know, exactly. you're not having no stimulating conversation or whatever. You're just, you know, you know that that person is in your life for 
one thing and one thing only. That's it. And that's just to hit her from the back. Yeah, from the back. Yeah, no mm-hmm. questions asked. Just yeah. turn around. You know, <laughs> but what's that's what I find weird about a lot of women though. They give they give men too much. Meaning, you give to men too much when you go on Instagram and you have your tits and your ass out. Yeah, you giving men way too much that they don't deserve. You know what I mean? And to me, that yeah. doesn't represent any type of value. Anybody could get on the internet and have their tits out. But how mm. many women can have a adult conversation? Yeah. How many can make you laugh? How many of them have a career? How many of them have something that they're passionate about? That's what I care about. Yeah. The whole tits and ass thing, it doesn't mean as much to me at all. It, it really does not. You know what I was going to say, too? I was going to say, um, I... I, I Sometimes I be typing stuff out, and if I feel like it doesn't flow well enough, Cut then it. like I can't I can't write it because I know it's not gonna right. it's not gonna go over that well. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> I had this uh, this idea or this epiphany that if you're um, a person with you know, and you have relationships with people, and, and not even a romantic relationship, but just a friendship or something, and the the friendship starts to you know fall out there's a falling out or you know you're not talking to people anymore the person broke your heart or whatever and you're posting content on social media to try to impress them or get back at them mm. then you're 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 immature in a sense and you yes need, you, are. you need to work on yourself very um, true because i see a lot of people like and i can tell the energy of the post because um you know certain girls it'll be like one day she'll post something along the lines of I'm living my best life and it'd be a selfie or, you know, yeah. you know, back to the grind, whatever it is. Um, and it's, it's it basically accentuating her body or face or whatever. And she right. has a filter on it. So it's like, you know, yeah, okay. it's only, yeah, it's only, how, com- <laughs> how confident are you? Fil- <laughs> how confident are you? Filter face. Yeah. Filter Isha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watermelon. Isha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, like you know, I, I see those, and I'm like, okay, that's you know, cool. I'm, 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 I'm curious to see who she's talking about. And then two days later, it's like, I'm never going through that again. Uh, right. you, know, you lost the best thing that ever happened to you, right. or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're only posting, you know, these things for a particular person. Exactly. You're acting like you're posting it to your social media, to, right, for your followers and your friends or whatever. But in reality, you're just trying to make the other person mad, or you're right. trying to impress some guy or whatever. Yeah, that's that's what people do when they have low value. When you have low value, you feel the need to to pander to an audience of people so they could get involved, but you do it in a subliminal way mm-hmm. to make it like I'm unbothered, but you're really fucking bothered by it. Yeah. You're bothered enough to oh, go yeah, yeah, yeah. you're bothered enough to go online and write about it. Let me be very clear when I say this. This is not really connected to the main topic at all. Mm-hmm. But regardless of what a situation is between me and a and a woman, I don't say anything. I don't care what she did to me, what she said to me. She could have cussed me out. She could have cheated on me, whatever she did. I have nothing to say about her that because that's between me and her. I don't want to give anybody an idea. I don't want to assassinate that girl's character in any way because mm-hmm. me and her know what really happened. I don't need to include everyone else, but everyone else is so immature in society that when they break up or something doesn't happen the way they wanted it to, now they got, they got to go and do some subliminal bullshit on the internet. Yeah. That's so trash. That's so trash. Grow up. So trash. Grow up. Mm-hmm. Grow up. And then you post the selfie. And then it's like there's some there's intention behind what they do. It'll be like uh 
like sometimes you'll notice I, I've seen some chicks that I know personally, like some chicks I went to school with. Mm-hmm. They'll be with a dude, and I'll know the dude, right? Mm-hmm. Be a solid dude, good dude, and somehow they break up. I don't know how they broke up, whatever the case, none of my fucking business. But then you see the chick, and she got a strong cleavage post. Mm-hmm. You know how when chicks really want you to see cleavage, they put that pic, that camera real high, so you get yeah. you get a real uh, downward view of the titties, right? Mm-hmm. So you get all. I'm talking about this. This I seen a titty photo that was just bad. It was, about, <laughs> it was about 95% titties, <laughs> and the nipple was just barely peeking around the corner. <laughs> Peekaboo, a little bit of areola. Yeah, a little bit. It was the the titty was less, the nipple was was less difficult to see than finding Waldo <laughs> in a photo, right? <laughs> I can see those stripes very clear. <laughs> but but look, man, um, mm-hmm. it's obvious. It's just it's weak. It's mm-hmm. you're pandering for attention. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Stop it, man. Yeah, you just you just uh, baiting baiting other men. What happens too is they're baiting other men. Other dudes will comment or hop in their DMs or whatever, and then right. they just ignore them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. what it is is they really miss you. Yeah. I've, I've had women that kind of uh, said some subliminal, not even really subliminal, but like, you know, I'm so over boys right now. I remember I was talking to some chicks. She's like, I'm so over boys. And it's intentional. You wanted me to see it. But here's the thing. You're not dealing with a boy. I'm a grown man. Yeah, okay? exactly. So when I seen you post that, I didn't like it. I didn't comment. I seen it. Kept scrolling. Kept it moving. I kept it moving, mm-hmm. and due to the fact that I never gave it attention, eventually, you know, if the if the chick comes around comes around or says anything, it's from a high level of respect for you because yeah. they realize that all the dudes they fucked with before was chumps. Okay, yeah, chumps and dudes that's gonna be like, "Why you do me like that? I miss you." Over, there. I'm not gonna be pandering or crying for your attention. I'm not gonna react because I have other things I'm worried about. Yeah, dudes like, is lame. They lame. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be worried about chicks and tripping out. I got a podcast to do. Okay? Yeah, I'm a truck driver. I got to worry about being safe and not blowing up on the highway. Okay, yeah, I don't exactly. give a, I don't give a fuck about a chick wanting to get mad at me on social media. I I will literally see that and scroll right past it. Yeah, I'll just I'll look, this is how I simplify it. I'd be like, oh, guess I'm not getting pussy from her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh well, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else, Keith? Uh, what was the original topic? Uh, uh, caring about how things make you feel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we hit it on the head. You know, as far I think, um, for our listeners out there, you know, however, whatever age you are, um, just understand that there's there's a when you when you mature, there's going to be a a visual compromise to anything. Right. So, you know, just the I guess if you had a like a diagram and it was like um, the visual aesthetic and then how it makes you feel when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, the visual aesthetic of it is going to be at like 90 percent or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's going to be like 10 percent how it makes you feel. Right. I remember I remember um, it was like guys at schools, they would have a new J's and they would be walking around in a certain way so they wouldn't crease it. Right. So it's like, obviously, you're extremely uncomfortable. Right. Um, you know, but like we said, as you get older, you get in your late 20s, you get in your early 30s, you know, that that uh, visual aesthetic starts to lessen and lessen and lessen. And then eventually you'll find a, a very good balance to where, you know, it makes you feel good, but it's also cool. You know what I mean? Right. You know what's funny, too? I, I think that when you, and this is going to go, this is completely going, not left, but it's somewhat related. I think that when you really start to grow up and you care more about how things make you feel than how they look, 
if you got a pair of old Pumas on, because I got a pair of old Pumas I wear, and I got a pair of these really like sleek looking Walmart jeans, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Simple jeans yeah. and like a regular blue shirt with no name brand on it and just a regular little Dodgers cap. Mm-hmm. And I feel good. I smell good. I look good. That confidence that you get from that is everything. Yeah. Because I'm not the guy trying not to crease his shoes down the street. I'm not the guy wearing a $150 pair of pants mm-hmm. and heavy cologne to get noticed. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that's just living and doing him. I think when a woman can see you like not really trying to fit in, I think in a way that's attractive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And hey, look, if I'm not attra- if you're not attracted to me, then I don't care either. Which in a way that's also attractive to women. Because you're like, look, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're either going to like me or you're not. You're not, I mean, it's not like I'm, you're not fucking whoever you think you are anyways. Yeah. Because I'm sure you ain't confident about yourself. Never let a person that's not confident with themselves make you feel like you lack confidence too. Yeah. You see a chick that got a filter on every photo and she got the nerve to try to act too good to talk to you. Yeah. Girl, if you don't get your motherfucking filter dog ears (laughs) the fuck out of (laughs) here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I this this whole filter thing is is pretty crazy. It's, and it says yeah. a lot about uh it's bad. people's psyche. And um, you know, I wish these girls nothing but the best, but yeah. You know, I think I think they have to go see a therapist, really. Yeah. You, know, you got to work on your self-confidence before you have any opinion about anything. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. I'll say this in closing. I think the Snapchat, Instagram and and Facebook, I think they've done an amazing job with these filters because they've capitalized on the insecurities of women. Women are the main ones that use these filters. And people say it ain't that serious. We just like the filters. Oh, really? Right. Right. So really. So uh, I've talked to some women and I said, dang, why are you guys using filters? I wasn't wearing makeup or I don't like the way my eyes were looking in that photo. Yeah. So what it does, it adds a layer that's almost like makeup. And it's weird. And and they and these fucking Snapchat, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. A lot of these women are starting to hate their own face. Yeah, you don't even know how you don't even know how you naturally look. Right. I don't know how you 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 naturally look. Man, it's this it's this chick I know I will not use any names, but she's actually really cute. She's really cute. But she has some insecurities for some reason. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes it's, sometimes it's men that do it. They be in a relationship with an abusive dude that's like verbally abusive that lowers their self-esteem by how they treat them. Mm-hmm. And then they just, after they break up with the dude, they just fucked up. But this chick was using a filter that had like put freckles on her face and made her lips bigger. That's crazy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I kept seeing the, the, the filter over and over again with her, the big lips. Like it would be like unnecessary uh, mm-hmm. pictures of her with that fucking filter. And I was like, yo, what's up with you in that filter? She's like, ah, I just like it. I said, you sure? That's why you keep using it? Mm-hmm. And I, she was like, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel a little bit insecure, you know? And I'm like, oh. That's crazy. That's it, that, a lot of people's self That's one thing we have to talk about, too. Don't rely on another person to give you some sort of self-esteem. Right. You have to, you know, be self-conscious enough to understand or just conscious enough to understand that um your value is solely based on you you know true you, should, you shouldn't rely on any man to bring you down or bring you up 100 percent. you know a lot of dudes is that's not re- really you know they're brought into relationships for and sometimes right. sometimes you could be a an okay boyfriend or okay you know dude or whatever and that never really crosses your mind as far right. as like making sure you continually compliment your girl 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I say don't rely on any man to, you know, boost you up. Don't rely on your man to say, oh, you look good in whatever dress or whatever like that. Just, you know what I mean? Try to find that 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 within yourself. True. 100%. Yeah. I, that's why it's called self-confidence, right? Mm-hmm. It has to come from self. You shouldn't have to go on the side of a Laker game with your ass cheeks out and twerk, <laughs> Lizzo. Okay? It's not something you should have to do. Yeah. <laughs> My man on a man is on a Viking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, but we'll end on that note, man. Um, mm-hmm. If you've been listening to the podcast, man, you've made it to episode 90. And uh, sure. we greatly appreciate all mm-hmm. of the, the likes, all the reposts. All the shares, all the just all the yeah. interactions from you guys, mm-hmm. man. We made it to ninety episodes. Yeah. So we appreciate it, man. Uh thank you for listening to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>